Father, we just thank you today. We thank you for the opportunity to come in and to um, give ourselves to hearing your word, Lord. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us. You are the great teacher. You are our helper, our comforter, and we receive your help today. Thank you for revealing Jesus to us. Thank you for revealing the truths that we are going to hear today. In the word, we thank you that faith comes as we hear and hear. And uh, just bring back to our remembrance those things that we have learned in this series. Thank you. Have your way again, Holy Spirit, in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Amen. So as I've mentioned in the past, every time I'm up here, if you've missed any of these, um, if you're so inclined, go ahead and go back and catch up. You can do that on our website and our podcast, Karis New Testament Church, and also our YouTube channel, Karis NTC. So it's always good to, to hear and hear, because uh, I've said it before, just repeating what somebody else said, you don't really hear something the first time, right? I think there's statistics and percentages where if you hear something or if you read something and then the highest percentage of retention is when you actually teach something. You retain like 90% of the information. So that's some inter- interesting. I'll share that later someday. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's always good to hear and hear when I know when Pastor Chad uh, ministers after a Sunday and I'm here. I gotta, I gotta get on there and get it again. I gotta get, I gotta get some more. And I thought he didn't say this Sunday. That's weird that he said it on the podcast. But anyway, so, but it's good stuff. So we're in week ten of Kingdom Living, partnering with Holy Spirit. And this week we're going to be walking through the gifts, the nine gifts of Holy Spirit. And uh, it's going to be just a, a pretty um, surface level uh, kind of thing. It's not an exhaustive study. Uh, that should be obvious, but we're just going to give definition to the gifts, uh, these nine gifts in the Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians 12, and um, we're going to give some scriptural examples of how these gifts showed up in the Word of God. So, um, like I said, there's a, I have a lot to say, I think, and um, it's debatable whether we'll get through this. I don't think it's debatable. We'll, we'll be just fine, and um, just don't distract me, Bob. All right, so... Uh, but we'll, we'll be we'll be good, and uh, I think this is going to be good. So we're going to get right in into it. And the the gifts are are uh, kind of can be categorized in three different categories, and we'll be just looking at those um, just to give you an idea of what that that means. But um, before we do it, we're going to read First Corinthians twelve uh, eight through ten regarding the gifts of the Spirit. So it says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge, through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. And then verse 11, I don't have that up there, but it says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So this is as the Spirit wills. And, and we talked about this in weeks past, that we want to be those willing vessels, those yielded vessels available for Holy Spirit to flow through in the gifts. And uh, it said, the Word tells us to desire the best gifts. Well, the best gift we've talked about also 
is the gift that's needed at that moment. It's not one of these is better than the other, but it's the best gift is the one needed at that moment. And like I just mentioned, these gifts can be uh, categorized in three different categories. So the first one, the first category we'll look at is the revelation gifts. And before I get going, I didn't put a lot of scripture. I didn't, well, that's about the only scripture I put in here today. We're going to be reading from scripture. So if you have a phone or your Bible or whatever, um, most likely a digital device, uh, maybe th- pull up your Bible app or whatever so you can, if you want to follow along, because um, I didn't put a lot of scripture because I have a lot of other information. Uh, so just a heads up on that. So the revelation gifts, we're going to see those first three. The revelation gifts include the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. So that's the first category we'll look at. And we'll, we're just going to go through each category and, and talk about what, what gifts fall in those categories. So the power gifts is the next one. And the power gifts include faith, some translations of the Bible say spe- gifts of special faith, um, but it's faith, and gifts of healings, and then finally, working of miracles. And the last category that these can be categorized in, typically, are the vocal gifts, and the vocal gifts are prophecy, the different kinds of tongues, some translations say um, diversities of tongues, just different kinds of tongues, and then the interpretation of tongues. So that's all nine gifts, and then I've heard it, this is just, many people teach this way that categorize it in those three different um, categories. So, and that's how I wanted to kind of throw them out there also. So we're going to look at each gift individually. We're going to give it again a definition, and then we're going to go through um, some scripture that kind of shows that gift in action, in operation in the Bible. So it's almost like you're in a Sunday school class now, right? So get into that frame of mind. I'm going to get a little drink before we go. So this is uh, definitely a teaching and uh, just um, very informational. And like the scripture we we read a lot in the beginning is, um, God would not want us to be ignorant of, of the gifts, right? Of this, of this, so here you go. You're going to be less ignorant today if you were, were at all. Um, so ignorant just means not knowing, right? It doesn't mean people misuse that word all the time, but um, they should be using the word stupid instead of ignorant. Um, but I'm just kidding. So, okay. So the first uh, gift we're going to talk about is the word of wisdom. So the word of wisdom, a definition for that is a word of revelation in the mind of God of what is going to take place in the future or how to resolve a difficult situation. And sometimes um, what is thought to be a prophetic word is actually, could be a, most likely a word of wisdom. So two examples um, of a word of wisdom in operation in the scriptures. Uh, in 1 Kings 17.1, uh, where God told Elijah to go to King Ahab and tell him that it wouldn't rain for three years except at his word, and it didn't rain. So that would be a picture of the word of wisdom, even in the Old Testament, so in that, in that account. Uh, also in Acts chapter 27, uh, where Paul was caught in that really bad storm for a couple weeks, 
um, Acts 27, 22 through 25. This is uh, that account. It says, And now I urge you, this is Paul talking, Now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the, of God, of the God to whom I belong, and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe, God, that it will be just as it was told me. So everybody was told by a word of wisdom through Paul that everything's going to be okay. Can't say much for the ship, but you'll be all right. So no loss of life. And... Um, a little personal testimony, and I've kind of debated whether this falls under the category of word of wisdom or word of knowledge. I think wisdom applies a lot. Um, based on the, the definition we just read, uh, to resolve a difficult situation. So years ago, I'm not saying this was a difficult situation, but um, for me at the moment, I needed wisdom. And I, was, I remember I was in a church service. My wife and I, we were, we were, it was before we were married. We attended a church um, together and went through a Bible school together there. But I was on, uh, I typically sat within a couple first rows. That's where the anointing is, really. Just kidding. Uh, anyway, but first couple rows, I was just sitting there, and I had not talked to anybody about what was going on in my head. But as, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. I was regarding my wife, not my wife at that moment, but just that relationship, I just was like, I didn't want to make a wrong choice. I wanted God's will in my life. I wanted to make, you know, I think we had been dating for a while, but so I was like, I know it was the enemy, but I was constantly looking around like, um, thinking, am, am I, is this the right thing? Just wanting to be assured that, I was walking, it was in God's will and all that stuff. So anyways, so I was sitting there and I had not said a word to anybody, including, I won't believe my wife. So, um, but it was just one of those things as a young man, you're just like, I don't know, I have this, just the way I'm wired, you know, I don't want to do something wrong. I want to just be on, on, on point with God and, and following his will for my life and all that. So whether it's relationships or anything else. So I'm sitting there and and um, I feel like in this, in my memory, like there was, she went up forward, my wife did, um, girlfriend at the time, and I, I believe that day she, re, she, there was a call for like, if anybody wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and everything like that. But either way, the pastor came right up to me somewhere in this few minutes and just looked right at me and with the most bold, fiery, in my face, in a good way, it jerked the slack out of me. He said, I don't know the exact words. I didn't get the dictated word. But he spoke to me directly and said, you don't have to look to the right or to the left. Like, basically, she is a gift to you. And I'm just like, Bleh! you know, like falling apart, bawling. Like, nobody knew what was going on in my head, but God in His grace and mercy assured me that this was of him. And uh, so definitely a word of wisdom, right? It's very wise to marry that woman. <laughs> you need her, trust me. And, uh, and all these years I do. But um, 
But that was just uh, an operation, my personal testimony of just the operation of the word of wisdom in my life at that moment. And uh, I'll tell you what, it was just, I mean, it was one of those moments, again, very, very memorable. Just like, wow, there's no doubt God just spoke to me. Because it wasn't even, in the, he wasn't even ministering, the pastor wasn't even ministering. It was just like, boom, beeline, and there it goes. And I received it, and as you can see, so you're welcome, kids. Anyways. <laughs> So God is good, but um, and He cares about us, every part of our life. So this gift uh, of the Word of Wisdom will establish people in their hope and trust in God, and also it creates a spirit of expectation in the church. And and this is you know the, these gifts are God's will. You know this is God's plan. He designed all this, and He wants to flow through us and to see things accomplished. So let's get right going. I spent too much time on that one already. So. The word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God relating to the past or the present. So it's a word of knowledge, not a book of knowledge, but it's a word of knowledge, not a singular word, but a a word, not a not a paragraph, not a book. It's a word of knowledge. And, and um, these gifts, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, doesn't mean that if these are operating through somebody, they're a mind reader, so don't be concerned about that. Um, but it's as the Spirit wills. These are, these are gifts. They don't make us mind readers. But this gift helps people receive an understanding of God's love and care for them. And He desires, you know, He desires for all of us to walk in peace. He desires that. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. Not the peace that the world gives, but my peace. And His peace passes all understanding. He desires for us to walk in that peace and freedom and healing in our lives. And in two examples of the word of knowledge in Scripture, one is in will be in 1 Samuel 9.3. Uh, Saul and his one of his servants, a servant, were uh, sent by Saul's father to look for their lost donkeys. And in this account, uh, Saul finds Samuel, and Samuel anoints Saul as king. Um, but in 1 Samuel 10.2, uh, this is a word of knowledge. Samuel says, uh, when you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah, and they will say to you, the donkeys which you went to look for have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you. So that was a word of knowledge in that moment regarding the donkeys were found and now another part of that is your father is concerned or worried about you. And jumping over to the New Testament, another example of this in John 4:16-18, the account of the woman at the well. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. But Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband and that you spoke truly. So that was at the end of this scripture, or at the end of this account, um, the woman came to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. I mean, somewhere in there she said, surely you're a prophet. Like, hello. You know, he just read your mail. But So that was a word of wisdom uh, in that account and in also the account of, of Saul uh, with those. So we're going to go on to the third one. 
discerning of spirits. So discerning of spirits, definition for that. A supernatural ability to see into the spirit realm and recognize what spirits are operating and exercising their influence in people's lives. This is not the gift of suspicion. Okay? We don't walk around being suspicious of people. So we're, you know, our war is not against flesh and blood, right? But against principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness. It's not against people. So they can be people can be influenced, but they're not the the enemy. So this is not just seeing the influence of evil spirits on people. Um, I, it's been taught and said regarding this gift and talking about this subject that you know there's a demon behind every door or whatever. It's 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 not that. It's not just seeing um, the work of the evil one uh, in the world, uh, but it's also the ability to see angels at work behind the scenes or uh, the conditions of someone's spirit. You know, maybe whether they're um, born again or not, or uh, along those lines. So it's not just the ability to discern evil, but I've you know many a time people have, have testified that they've seen angels at work or manifested, um, that's pretty cool, but that's what that's all about. It's not all about seeing the works of darkness on the, on the world. So it's easy to slip into a negative mindset and focus on uh, like what the enemy is doing all the time. Well, the devil's kicking my butt today or whatever. No, let's, let, let's change that focus a little bit and, uh, and let's remember he's a defeated foe, right? His, Jesus knocked his teeth out and disarmed him at the cross. So, a lot of times we give uh, the devil too much uh, uh, credit, and a lot of times we are the ones that are the problem. So I won't go into that. But so the Lord will use this gift, uh, this gift for our protection, allowing us to see uh, the spirit of an individual is, is yielding to. Um, could be a, a protection um, of a possible entering into like unhealthy relationships, okay, or something. So there was a family member years ago um, that was getting in, you know, looked like they were going toward a relationship with someone and um, they were sharing this with me and all that. When I saw this individual, there was just this knowing. It was like something evil was going on. And uh, it was an instant, there was no doubt, no question, like I literally told the person, run, run, run from this. Like this is not right. There was a that was, I believe that was a discerning of spirits. I believe there was a controlling spirit going on there and other things, but I'm um, not going, going to go into detail on any of that. But that was an operation of the discerning of spirits. And, and I mean, I, I was bold enough. Usually I you know, leave people to themselves. And, and um, my weakness as a person, um, I fight against being a people pleaser, so I don't want to upset anybody. But that was such a strong... Um, such a strong thing in me that I believe it was a discerning of spirits that I could not keep silent and I had to speak what God was, I believe God was sharing with me. So, and everything was cool. So, we're good. So the person listened to that um, and that was good. So I believe God's, God's uh, reached out in His mercy in that situation. So, two examples of the Scripture um, about the discerning experience. Second Kings six fifteen through seventeen is when the Syrian army was uh, surrounding a place called Dothan, where Elisha and his servant were. It's such a cool story. 
Um, and when the servant of the man, it actually gets funny too if you want to go back to the account of Second Kings 6. Um, when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he said, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, who was Elisha's servant, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So that was a discerning of spirits where the actual servant of Elisha, it manifested to him. He saw the angel armies of God, fiery chariots and horses. How cool would that be? Um, but yeah, that's a great um, example of discerning of spirits in the Old Testament. And now in Acts 8.20, Acts chapter 8, verse 20 through 23, Simon the sorcerer, um, wanting to, it's the account where he wanted to buy the power to lay hands on people, to receive Holy Spirit. So Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of your wickedness, and pray God that perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. So Peter here saw that um, he was poisoned by bitterness. There was a, a spirit influencing him on this. And the gift was actually being used in this account in a redemptive fashion because was, Peter was telling him, repent, turn from this way, this way of thinking. So it was God reaching out to Simon the sorcerer just a, a couple verses prior. He had put his faith in Jesus and came to the knowledge of Jesus. But as he was witnessing people receiving the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands of, of these apostles, he wanted that same thing. So he, of course, tried to buy it, and that's not for sale. Um, but he got straightened out, and everything uh, worked out well. So now let's jump over to the power gifts. Um, the first one we'll look at is to get to faith. And like I said, some translations call, say um, gifts of special faith. So this is, uh, we'll leave, read the, the definition, gift of power that totally anchors the soul in God in overwhelming confidence to operate or receive gifts of healings or working of miracles. So this gift of faith that's actually listed in these nine gifts of the Spirit, it's not the same faith as Faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God that's found in Romans 10, 17. Now this is, this is a gift in operation that removes all doubt and fear from your mind. It almost always works in conjunction uh, with the working of miracles and sometimes the gifts of healings. It is pre predominantly involved in raising people from the dead. And I've heard someone talk about the gift of faith and operation is like, a good illustration is like Clark Kent changing into Superman. Okay? Like, totally different. So, um, that's, that's like a simple illustration of that. So, two examples of this gift uh, in Scripture. One great example in, in John 11, the Gospel of John 11, is when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. So, the gift of faith was in operation in that account. 
and also in Acts 3, when Peter and John passed by the man who was blind, or lame from birth, sorry. So this man was always laid at, at, in the front of the temple, and they passed by this guy every day for who knows how long. Well, in verse 4, it says, And fixing his eyes on him, this is Peter fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, Look at us. So they had walked, there was a, a definite focus. Something was different about this day. And the gift of faith came into operation through Peter and John. And because um, they had walked by this guy every day. I mean, he was, you know, begging for money. That's what that was the just the deal, the routine. But this day was a different day. And the gift of faith came into operation, producing a miracle. In the end of this, the man went walking and leaping and praising God. So every day they went walking by. Who knows how many days this was, but one day, boom, there was a laser focus. The gift of faith uh, came into operation and and restored this man to health who was lame from his birth. So I'm pretty sure he was happy about that. Uh, he went walking and leaping. So gifts of healings is the second one. Um, supernatural power to deliver the sick and destroy the works of Satan in the human body. So the gift, this gift works in conjunction with the word of wisdom many times and the word of knowledge, uh, the gift of faith also. And I'll give you three examples of this in Scripture. Uh, 2 Kings 5.10, it says, And Elisha sent a messenger to him, it was Naaman, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. So the word of wisdom was working in conjunction with the gift, this gift of healing that was um, operating in this particular account. And in Luke 17, 14, when Jesus told the ten lepers, remember that account, Jesus told the ten lepers to go show themselves to the priests. So they were, it says that they were cleansed as they went. So this was a word of wisdom and a gift of healing working together. Like I said, uh, many times the gift of, gifts of healings will work in conjunction with the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, or gift of faith. And finally, a final example of this uh, is John 9-7 when Jesus told the blind man to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he went and washed and he came back seeing. So that was also a gift, gift of healings. It's gifts of healings. It's plural, so it manifests in many different ways. And a common thing I think a lot of people, especially this age group, depending on what circles you ran in maybe, um, it's common to see this um, where a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, people, ministries flowing in this back in the 70s, Catherine Kuhlman, different healing people who were in different healing ministries um, flowed in these, these gifts were were vital to that ministry. And it's very, very common. Catherine Kuhlman, Benny Hinn comes to mind, ask me how I know. Um, I experienced that. So I was actually at a Benny Hinn crusade and um, in IMA Sports Arena, Flint, Michigan, August 16th, 1991. How vivid is this? In the overflow room, in the last row, on the floor. Anyways, a word of knowledge came out about you know somebody's being healed of this and 
and I was delivered from uh, Tourette syndrome. I had a horrible, horrible, horrible case of it, and um, my whole childhood and all that, and my young adult years. So, so a word of knowledge was in operation in that time, and then a working of uh, gifts of healings were in operation. Now, do I know exactly what gifts were going on there? I've heard, I've talked to people about this over the years. They're like, I think it was a gift of faith was in operation there. So, either way, I'm free. So, hey. Um, but uh, that was something that I had experienced uh, personally. So, again, a lot of ministries that flow in gifts of healings and miracle ministries, there will also be conjoining gifts that work along in conjunction with those. So, um, that's that. So, I was a recipient of that uh, flow of that supernatural. And then, the finally, the working of miracles in this, the power gifts, supernatural intervention into the ordinary course of nature that results in miracles or healings. And a miracle usually starts by someone hearing God, and they almost always involve others in the process. And you'll You'll see that kind of here in these few examples. Um, then I'm going to give these three examples in Jesus', Jesus ministry so um, where they did involve other people. So the first example was in John 2.11, Jesus' first miracle at the wedding. Um, we turned water into wine. There were people involved, right? His mom said, whatever he says, do, do it. So we had him fill up the water pots. So there were people involved. And we see the miracle of the water being turned into wine. And then John 6, where Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes. So there were people involved in that, but that was a miracle. That was against a natural course. That was against the natural course of nature. Is that redundant? You know what I'm trying to say. So that was a miracle, the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes to feed thousands and thousands. And then, of course, I've kind of already said this for an example, but... John 11, where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. That was definitely a working, a, a display of the working of miracles. And of course, there are plenty of examples of that through the book of Acts and, and Scripture uh, where you can see the working of miracles, the gifts of healings in operation and that gift of special faith in operation. Um, the book of Acts is definitely a, a premier book for that. So now we'll go to the um, other, the last category of gifts, the vocal gifts. So the first one we're going to look at is prophecy. Uh, supernatural utterance in a known tongue inspired by the Spirit to build up the church or an individual. Probably, maybe, maybe not. The average Christian might think, hear the word prophecy and think end times. You know, those almost go in the same sentence. So, but this is a different thing we're talking about here. Uh, when you, you know, you, it also you could think prophecy, um, the function of the word of wisdom, the future. It could be, may not be, but um, the real function of this gift of prophecy that's defined in 1 Corinthians fourteen three. So it talks about this. It gives a pretty clear indication of this. Is says, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men and women. So this gift of prophecy in operation speaks edification of building up the edif- 
to edify somebody means to build them up. Uh, to exhort means to, it's a, another word for encouraging and comfort. So the gift of prophecy in this scripture, the list of nine gifts is the results or edification when it's in proper order. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. And the purpose of prophecy is, is just that, okay? Um, to, to really, you're calling a person near to God. You're calling a group of people near to God and, and allowing comfort to be um, the result of that. A good example, a great example, this is the only example I'm going to use here in this scripture, uh, in Luke 1, 41 through 45, this is when Elizabeth um, was visited by Mary when they were both pregnant. So uh, this verse goes on to say, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So this word of prophecy went out from Elizabeth to Mary. And this brought a confirmation to Mary and an encouragement to Mary. How many knows that was a scary time? And she went over to hang out with her cousin for a while. But uh, in this account, in operation, the gift of prophecy flowed through Elizabeth, comforting Mary and uh, encouraging her heart. So that's a, a beautiful, beautiful picture of uh, the gift of prophecy in operation. Next, we'll talk about the gift of the different kinds of tongues, again, other translations say diversities of tongues. It just means different kinds of tongues. So supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue, unknown to the speaker, an unlearned language intended to be interpreted in a public setting. So there are actually three different levels of tongues according to Scripture. Um, I'll just touch on those three. Uh, the one form of we'll say layer, I said layer, level. Um, The first one would be in our personal prayer life. That's available to all of us um, when we receive that infilling, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Spirit. We all receive that prayer language, that new prayer language. It's very scriptural. 1 Corinthians 14.2 goes into that. um, Talks about where we speak mysteries to God. We're edifying ourselves in 1 Corinthians 14.4 talks about edifying again. Edifying is building ourselves up. So as we pray in other tongues, we may not feel like it. Our flesh might think, say that's stupid. Our mind might be like, this is ridiculous. These are the first lies that the enemy will tell you after receiving this gift. I know he did to me. He said, this is nonsense. What are you doing? And I did it anyways in faith, believing that the word is true. And uh, I'm no matter how crazy this sounds, I'm building myself up. And that's a beautiful uh, gift for yourself and your own personal life is to be able to pray in the Spirit, building yourself up, edifying yourself, speaking mysteries to God, it says in 1 Corinthians 14. So praying in tongues in your personal life is a very, very good thing. 
Um, it's not required to be interpreted, but we are encouraged to pray for interpretation. Interpretation can come in many forms in your own personal life. It could be um, through another gift. Somebody, you may be praying in the Spirit, not knowing about a situation, saying, Lord, just give me the interpretation of this. Make my understanding fruitful. He may use somebody in a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom to speak to you, which would be the interpretation of what you were praying out in other tongues. That's just one example of what could happen. It could be a knowing or a light just being something revealed to you in your spirit, your eyes open, your spiritual eyes open to see clearly the situation, whatever that is. So there's a lot of ways that as you pray in tongues in your personal prayer life, um, that that interpretation could come if it's specifically, again, about something that you're praying for, you just don't know how to pray for it. You're just giving it to God and just Holy Spirit, you just give yourself and allow Holy Spirit to pray through you the perfect will of God. So that's the first um, type of tongues that would fall underneath the different kinds of tongues. That's your personal prayer life tongues. And then there's the message uh, given in a church setting or a public gathering uh, as, a, as the gift of tongues, which scripturally, uh, when it's interpreted, will edify everybody who hears it. Okay, So it's not being understood as it's delivered. And I've shared that in the past few weeks um, when I've been able to teach. How come nobody told me my thing was falling off my ear? Alright. So, but seeing the public gift of tongues uh, in operation must scripturally be um, there must be an interpretation for that. So that's the second kind. A message in tongues given in a corporate setting. Um, so that everybody's edified by that interpretation. We're going to get into that in a second. And then finally, I kind of touched on this a few seconds ago, ministry equipped with tongues and interpretation of tongues that is a part of the ministry assignment or their function in 1 Corinthians 12.28. So, like I said, you know, the Benny Hens and Catherine Cummins in the past and other ministries that the ministry flows in the miraculous and gifts of healings in the, in the gifts that's part of their ministry assignment, um, especially when it comes to like those in an evangelist um, role um, in the fivefold ministry. Refer to the fivefold ministry as apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. So those different, those are different than what we're talking about here. The nine gifts; those are the fivefold ministry gifts given for the building up of the church, the perfecting of the church, and those gifts always come with. Um, certain these of these nine gifts of the Spirit that operate on a regular basis and those ministries flow in those. It's almost like tools, if you will. And uh, many, many evangelists, every, every Spirit-filled evangelist that's reaching out to the lost on the earth has these gifts flowing in their lives or they should for sure. Um, it's very, very common. So that's the last kind of tongues. In the last two where there's tongues in a corporate setting that must be interpreted, and then in a ministry that flows in that gift of diversities of tongues. So that's those last two are uh, what it's talking about here when I say different kinds of tongues. The first one for your personal prayer life, um, that wouldn't fall under that category. 
But um, we're going to get into this more in a couple weeks, actually talking about the benefits of of uh, praying in tongues. So that'll be covered more in detail in a couple weeks. So, and then finally, the interpretation of tongues. So we just kind of talked about that a little bit, but the interpretation of tongues, supernatural showing forth of what has been said in tongues. Not a word-by-word translation. I kind of joked about that quite a few weeks ago. As a kid, I used to hear, I used to hear people give a corporate word in tongues and it would be interpreted. So after a while when this kind of happened, I would try to figure out which syllable was which word. I never figured it out because it wasn't a translation. It was an interpretation. So that's what that is. So Paul makes a distinction uh, between praying in tongues in his personal life um, and a message in tongues given in a corporate setting. And that's what this is all about, is the interpretation of tongues is for that corporate setting or when you're in a group. 1 Corinthians 14, 18 through 19 says, I thank, my, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. This is Paul talking. Like I've heard many say that it means more than y'all put together I speak in tongues. So it's a good thing. And it says, yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding, that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. That just kind of really drives home. He's kind of exaggerating being, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hyperbole? Using hyperbole. So he'd rather, but literal at the same time, he'd rather speak five known words because it, those five known words can be a blessing to all the hearers 10,000 words in tongues and nobody understands what's going on, you wouldn't get to word 1,000 and people start walking out like this guy's nuts. But, you know, speaking in a corporate setting, uh, the word in, a word in tongues scripturally must be followed by the interpretation of that tongue. So, the gift of interpretation of tongues is equivalent to prophecy in this sense. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14.5 says that the church receives edification when this is done properly. And that's referring to tongues and interpretation. So corporately, I know I'm rambling and repeating myself over and over, but corporately, when a word is given in tongues, it must be scripturally interpreted so that it will edify and bless everybody that's present. That's really common sense when you break it down, but um, that is the situation. So... 1 Corinthians 12.1, like I kind of touched on when I opened up, says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So, we just went through the gifts fairly quickly. I'm almost shocked that I got through those. But um, this is definitely something that if you want to retain what's been talked about today, um, go back, check it out when it's available online or in the podcast or on YouTube. And, um, and refresh yourself with these gifts. Become familiar because I know it's my desire, it's our heart's desire to operate and flow in that, those giftings that, that the Lord has made available to us because it's for the benefit of others. And right out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water. And, and this, this is all part of that. Um, the rivers of life flowing out of our very spirit in, in the manifestation of the gifts. And I, I've you know shared a few personal stories, and I'm sure you all have 
uh, some personal stories too, but I've seen the benefits of the gifts in operation more in a good, positive way than I have in a negative sense. Um, so I thank God for that um, in my life because I've had many, many good examples. And uh, I've seen the results of the gifts in operation, whether it's saving somebody from a bad situation or going down the wrong road, like I kind of shared today about that uh, short story of discerning of spirits and just trying to warn that person. God was warning that person. That's a dangerous relationship. Run, 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 you know. And whatever else. And, 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 uh, but these are for our good. Therefore, us, God desires to walk in these in peace and comfort, and it's all good. This is God's design. How can it be bad? It's, it's great. And like I said, I want everything that He has made available to me in my life. I want everything He's got. I don't want to leave anything on the table. And uh, I want to see the results, because there's people, I don't want to put any pressure on you, but there's people that God has assigned to each one of us that we are the people that they will listen to. It could, be, it, it could be as crazy as somebody on the opposite side of the globe that you're assigned to speak to. I don't know, but I've heard stories like that. And uh, there are people that may only listen to you when it comes to the declaring of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ or receive from you. And, uh, and that's something, you know? Um, so, I mean, even in the natural, like, you can hear a stranger, maybe a stranger to you, and your kids will listen to them, and you've said exactly what they've said a thousand times, but somehow this person is getting through to them. So it could be something like that, right? Um, but thank God for that. Uh, <laughs> but God's design for the church is for us to partner with Holy Spirit and to see these gifts operate in our lives. Is that good news? I, th I think it's great news. So, You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karis.com.